and welcome to Outrage and Optimism, a new podcast about dealing with the climate crisis and reshaping the world. My name's Tom Rivet Karnak. I'm Cristiana Figueres. And I'm Paul Dickinson. Welcome to this, our second bonus episode. And today, in anticipation of the global school strikes that will take place this Friday, we bring you a conversation with Greta Thunberg. So later this week, on Friday the 24th of May, there will be a school strike. Now, of course, these happen every Friday, but smartly, those who are organising them have periodic global days where a mass of young people around the world all coordinate to strike together. And this one looks like being big, even by their impressive standards. Strikes are happening in well over 100 countries on every continent. And when you consider that the last one had more than 1.5 million young people on the streets around the world, this is going to be a huge deal. Now, these strikes, of course, were originated by Swedish teenager Greta Thunberg, who started striking on her own outside Parliament in Stockholm at the fall of last year. Greta has really become the voice of a generation in a remarkably short space of time, precipitating among many of us that have been working in this space for a while a sense that this moment is something new and we have to find every way we possibly can to support these brave young people who are justifiably outraged by the world they are inheriting and are determined to make a difference. A few months ago, in Davos at the World Economic Forum, we shared an apartment with Greta and her dad, Svante, and had the opportunity to get to know them. I have to say, I am used to meeting people who are well-known for one reason or another and being unimpressed for one reason or another, but Greta is something different. Not that she needs my endorsement at all, but everything I have since read about her is actually a vast understatement of her presence and moral clarity. Her father is also impressive in a very different way. I asked him at one point as we were moving between events and his teenage daughter was stepping onto stages with world leaders, what his role was in all this. He showed me a pocket full of train tickets and simply said, my role is to hold the train tickets and to listen to her. As much as I'm inspired by Greta's example of direct action, I'm also inspired by Svante's remarkably non-paternalistic approach to parenting. Anyway, this conversation is from those days, and it's a chat in the apartment between Greta and Christiana. Those who heard the pilot season may have heard it before, but whether you have or not, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope it inspires you to either march on the streets on Friday or do what you can to support those who are. The school strikes are one of the most exciting phenomenon I've ever witnessed. Let's do everything we can to help build the momentum. Here's the conversation. So we're in Davos, Switzerland, at the World Economic Forum, and you are here. Greta, are you surprised that you're here? Yes, I mean... um... This is such a high-profile event. Not not many people can get in. And so, yeah, I'm a bit surprised, I think. Are you happily surprised? Yes. Happily, or not happily surprised? Happily surprised. Happily surprised. Okay. Well, so I want to take you back a little bit. And then we'll come back to Davos, okay? I wanted to take you back a little bit to that moment in which you sat on the 
front steps of the parliament all by yourself and ask you first, can you tell us the story of how did it come to be that you were sitting there by yourself? Yes, I. it started that I... I wrote an article. There was like a competition. You were supposed to write an article for one of Sweden's biggest newspaper, Young People. And then I got on second place and got my article published. And then someone read it and contacted me. They said, I have a group for young people who are interested in the climate. Maybe you're interested to join us and so on. And then I, we had like phone meetings a video call um, like once a week maybe and we were going to make up new ideas for new projects to do and then some of the ideas were like because previous um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm used to speak about yeah. this in Swedish so. oh yeah of course I'm so sorry they're just speaking in a second language Yeah, uh, but I can continue um, okay because there had been some uh, students refusing to go to school because of the school shootings in the USA, the Parkland mm-hmm. students. Right. And then someone said, what if we could do something like that or stand on the schoolyards and, mm-hmm. or do something for the climate? One of those young people on the video conference. Okay. He who held it. Right. Okay. Um, and then I thought that sounded like a good idea that could make... make an impact, mm-hmm. and then I developed that idea to sitting outside the parliament, mm-hmm. like every day, mm-hmm. and they weren't really that interested. They they wanted to do other things, like making big marches and so on. So then I I decided I was going to do do it whether people joined me or not. So then I got to do it alone. Do you remember when that was? Yes, it was the 20th of August, 2018. It was a so Monday. you just marched yourself up to the parliament and yes. sat on the front steps? I had made a sign a few days earlier where I painted school strike for the climate, school mm-hmm. strike for the climate. And, and then I just sat there. I had a few flyers as well with like information. I thought people should know. Like about the extinction rate and carbon budget and so on. And then I sat there. And then later on that day. Do you, how, do you know how long you sat there? Yes, I sit there every day from 8 to 3 o'clock. Every day? No, yeah. no, every Friday. Every Friday? Yeah. Okay. From 8 to 3. With your sign and your pamphlets that you had prepared to educate other people. Yeah. And then later on that first day, journalists started coming, interviewing me, and it became like a big thing in Sweden. And then already the second day, people started joining me. So on the second day, you already started getting people joining yeah. you. Yes. And then I sat there for three weeks every school day. And then after the Swedish election, September 9th, I decided to, now I have so much attention and people are listening to me, then why should I stop now? And then I decided to continue doing it every Friday, and I still do. And you still do. Can you tell if you're being joined by the same people, or are they new people that are joining you? 
There are some people that are the same that come almost every week. They're always like new faces. Uh, we have like a guest book where people who are there can write their names. Oh, yeah. And when we are finished, we is like up to two hundred people in one day. So yeah, people of all ages. It's like everything from like two months old babies and and like. 89 year olds so it's it's good all the way through yeah and Greta when you started this did you have any idea that you would have this impact you there you were the first day sitting all by yourself uh, no when I when I started doing this I thought that I will just have to see what happens and then if nothing happens then that's okay and but then it got really big and I didn't expect it to be that big. I wouldn't have imagined that it was going to be that big. Mm -hmm. The response was huge. What does that tell you that the response is huge? What have you thought about that? Yeah, I thought that people are desperate for something to... They want something to happen. And when... A child or a few children sit down and say that when why should we study for a future that you are stealing from us and that soon may not exist anymore that then something is happening um i think and so people yeah so you're thinking people are desperate for action um does it also say anything about um, more and more people, A, becoming aware, but also being willing to do their own part? Do you see more people getting personally and individually involved in the solution as well? Yes, I think so. I think we're at a time where people slowly start to wake up and realize mm -hmm the emergency of the situation and I was just lucky to have chosen that time to school strike because if I would have done it like a year earlier then I don't think people would have listened. Oh how interesting what do you think changed in that year? I don't know that's what's so strange I don't know. But you think this was the right time it was the right time for you and it was the right time for other people? Yes I think so. And what do you, do your friends in school um, support you? Do they come? Do they sit there? Or are they asking you questions of why are you doing this strange thing? What reaction do you have from your good friends? My classmates, um, I don't think most of them know what I'm doing. Oh, really? Yeah. But sometimes they come up to me and ask, like, why do you have so many Instagram followers? And... Or something like that, and but but some of them know, and they support it. Think it's cool that I'm doing it. Are some of them joining you as well? No, but but some of them had said that they would want to join me one day and sit and strike with me. You do know how many people have been following you, right? You you gave me the numbers the other day of how many children yeah. in Europe. And and today only there were over 35,000 children 
the students in the, in Belgium. And in what other countries have you seen the news? Oh, um, it has been in every continent except from Antarctica. So it's everything from Australia, Colombia, the USA, Canada, South Africa, uh, Uganda, Nigeria, Finland, uh, Sweden, uh, Belgium, Switzerland, uh, the UK, uh, Spain, Poland, uh, Turkey. I'm very impressed that you hold this list in your head. No, it's it's lots of other countries. So that's just a few. That is just a few. So, Greta, what? How does that feel? It feels. What do you think? What do you feel? Two different questions. If there's a difference for you, yeah, no, I don't think it's much difference. I, I think it's amazing that it has spread so far, so in such a short time, mm. and that proves that if we really want to do something, then we can do it. And I think it's good that people are saying that this is enough, and we are not going to accept this anymore, and just sit down. Sometimes not doing things speaks more than doing things, like just sit down. So you say you feel that if we decide that we want to do something, if we make that decision, because all of those people have made that decision, they've seen your example, and they've made a decision that affects their daily life. Yeah. Um, so wh wh what do you think about that? That if you decide that you want to do something, you can, and you have can have a power over yourself, but also influence that many people. Does that make you feel any more hopeful of actually yes. getting something done? Yes, of course. I mean, humans are very adaptable. Mm -hmm. And that is also what I think is hopeful, that once we s decide to do something and start to act, uh, we can do almost anything we can do almost anything is there anything that you think is outside of that how do you mean outside outside of what we can do if we decide to do it or can we truly do anything that we decide to do yes of course we can yeah i agree with you actually yeah so here we are in davos you have um spoken to quite a few old, like me, boring people, the oldies. Um, have you drawn any conclusions from those conversations? Yes. Um, but, I mean, I have drawn very much, very many conclusions. I feel like you, <clears throat> people are, once they understand the problem, they are pretty open to, I mean, change. Mm -hmm. They want change. They want to, they want, they want the, the system to change. They don't want it to continue like this. They are afraid what, what is going to happen to their, to themselves, to their children and grandchildren and their children and grandchildren. But they are also hopeful that people want to see these things happen. Um, and what about, what about those people who could actually make decisions and influence those changes? 
Have you run into any of those? Do you did you have any conversations with those? Today you were at a pretty impactful lunch. Yes. Yes, I have met such people, but I haven't had like long discussions with them. They say like, "Oh, keep up the work" and like that and end of conversation. But I think that they 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 have had access to all this information for a very long time and that they have choose to look away and not doing anything that is scary and that is insane. Did you find any um any reason for hope of actually getting things done between August and January of all of the people that you've spoken to that you've been um exposed to of all of the situations of everything that you're reading um are there any things that you can point to to say well that is a little ray of hope even if it's a little one yeah i mean uh, the emissions are increasing but people are waking up and organizing they are stepping up and they are marching and demonstrating and saying that this is enough and that i think is hopeful what else is it going to take what's the next step from here i think that we need to especially people in power need to start to speak clearly about what is going on and what we need to do and we also need to make everyone aware of that we actually have a carbon budget which should be the heart of our economic system and but it's not and we need to make people aware of that that we we have a limited amount of co2 that we can um use and not trespass yeah, yes. beyond uh, yes which what that means actually the the translation of that is that especially for developing countries we have to support them in continuing to grow their growth but not with that footprint so we all have to fit into that carbon budget uh, and not exceed it for uh for the natural world but as i said today for the natural world for future generations and for so many vulnerable people because you know greta i think i'm sure that you understand that it is definitely the future generations that are going to hold the um the consequences of this but even before future generations are born many vulnerable people today yes. are already suffering yes the effects of climate change yes. and those people have zero responsibility in having caused it yes and since we all have a carbon budget that we need to share mm-hmm. with all other all people in the world all the countries in the world people in the rich countries that already have everything need to take a few steps back in order to let people in developing countries get a chance to heighten their standard of living because it's not fair that we have everything we have caused this problem and now we are stopping the people 
in developing countries from from living the lifestyle we have lived for time now. That's not fair. For 150 years, yeah. So do you want to tell us some things that you have done to change the life, not only your own, but your whole family's lifestyle? Yes, I have... Uh, I have stopped flying. I am vegan and I have stopped buying new things um, unless it's absolutely necessary. And I have made my family stop flying as well. And since my mom, my mom, uh, she had to fly in order to do her job. She had Because to, she's an opera singer. Yeah. She had to change career in a way. So, yeah. How was that process to change the career of your mother at the age of 11? It was, um, it took time. I had to convince her. She was not very fond of the idea. And, but she. I'm not surprised that she wasn't fond of the idea. <laughs> yeah. But she, she accepted it uh, after time. I showed her graphics and articles and videos and she and i i forced her to do it and she was then she accepted it and yeah and since she she's famous it's created quite a debate in sweden what is the debate about about um stop flying and influencers and so on so you're using your mom to message out also <laughs> Greta, what's next for you? I don't know. Um, I will just have to see what happens. And But I, I know that I'm going to sit outside the Swedish parliament every Friday until Sweden is in line with the Paris Agreement. Um, and if I'm not able to be in Stockholm, then I'm going to strike at the place where I am. Like here in Davos. So tomorrow's Friday, it's strike day. Yes. So where are you going to strike? Have you already chosen your spot? Yes, um, out where? outside the WEF, like outside on the, the promenade. Do you think you're going to be accompanied by other people? Will you be joined? I don't know, because um, I know some are afraid because it's it's like lots of security in here and. I've spoken to people, they're afraid to be arrested if they go here. And so I don't know, I might be alone, but that's okay too. You've been alone before? Yes. And that has actually gotten you your leadership? Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That was really very inspirational. I'm sure you knew that. Yeah, you too. It was quite interesting to sit in the room and and and, and hear that. Um, what do you come away from that with, Christiana? I, I come away with m many different feelings. Um, one is deep sadness that it was so difficult for me to bring her around to any sense of optimism or hope. That makes me very sad. I mean, it, it really took a lot to get her around uh, to get her around to. Um, being in contact with any sense of hope that makes she's very sad and that makes me very sad um, on the other hand I also came away with a sense of 
Thank heavens there are voices like this. And thank heavens that she's courageous enough to use that voice in places like Davos or right. in front of her school or in front of Swedish parliament or wherever she goes. And, and it's interesting because it, it's a voice that comes out of fear, out of uh, concern, out of solidarity, certainly out of concern for herself, but solidarity for other uh, young people of her age. It, it just honestly, it just touches me to the core. Mm. touches me to the core. Paul? No, there's no doubt in my mind that she is a special kind of orator. I think that, you know, she 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 acknowledges that she has this condition as Asperger's. I feel like she's kind of weaponized it and she's used it to focus people's minds. I seriously, I think that what she's doing is she's just saying uh, the unpalatable truth to us. And I agree entirely with Christiana. We absolutely have to hear that. We can't dodge it or duck it anymore. Uh, the point is there are just incredibly large numbers of things we can all do tomorrow. We can, we can spend our money differently. We can invest our money differently. We can, we can vote intelligently. We can eat differently. Uh, we can, you know, her descriptions of how to take action in response to climate change I found truly inspiring. So I think that, that she is a role model. And the fact that she puts ice down your spine is kind of the whole point. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've taken away from these few days we've got to spend with her and Svante, her father, um, she said one thing at one point where she said, I want you to feel the fear that I feel every day, and then I want you to act. And I think the reason that affected me so much is, um, you know, I live with the reality of climate change and what it might do for my children, and I'm motivated by it. I work every day on it. But it's hard for me to really get in touch with my like primal fear. And I think that we live such busy lives. We know it's going to be bad. We know we're afraid of it. But she really was like internalizing that kind of in her bones and in her emotions. And I found that um, really quite alarming to see what that kind of looks like. And it does, it looks hard to live with that. Um, I do think that it is profoundly motivating for her and for those who come into contact with her. And I can only think that there are lots of people, younger people, children who are growing up with this reality who feel that too. And that is both terrible and very hopeful as well. Well, it definitely calls us as adults to our responsibility as parents, whether we have children or whether we don't, we still are as adults, we're the parents of all future generations, right? right? Yeah. Um, and I think the words that she expresses just call us to our to stand up to our responsibility and do what has to be done, period. Right. And it doesn't mean we're going to do as best we can. It means we're going to do it. It means we have to do everything that is necessary. Yeah, yeah. we shall do what we should. So thank you for joining this, our second bonus episode of Outrage and Optimism. As mentioned before, Outrage and Optimism comes out on a Friday. We occasionally put these bonus episodes out, but look for your episode of Outrage and Optimism as usual on a Friday. This Friday, as we said at the beginning, is a very special day because it's the second global school strike. And we'll be speaking with Bill McKibben, founder of 350.org, author of many books, including most recently Falter, Bill has been at the forefront of the environmental movement for decades. We'll sit down with him and discuss the school strikes, the upcoming Secretary General's Climate Summit in September, 
what's next for him and what all of us need to do to make the coming months and years a big success. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you Friday. Friday.